Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. You were created for 
Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect in whom my soul delights. I will put my spirit upon him. He shall bring judgment to the Gentiles. A bruise we shall be not brave And a smoking flax shall we not quench Shall bring the nations to truth Jesus, I promise To serve him forever I'll be your servant a servant forever. Ooh. Oh, steadily, slowly, but surely, I'll be behind you, Lord, following closely. No, not listening to other men and other human advice. I'll serve you all the days of my life. Woo! I'll serve you, Lord. Woo! He shall not cry, nor lift his voice. A bruise we shall need nor break. And as walking flat shall we not quench, it shall bring the nations to I serve you, Lord. 
Jesus, I save you. Lord, I promise I'll save you. I preach your way. Lord, I want to serve you, Lord. Preaching for you, singing for you, dancing for you. Oh, Lord, I want to serve you more, serve you more, serve you, Lord. Oh, help me, Lord, help me, Lord. Me and you together, forever, together, forever. Jesus, I serve you, I serve you, I serve you. Oh, I serve you, Lord. Yeah, Lord, I promise I serve you. Teaching your word, preaching your word. Lord, I like serving you. Serving you, serving you. I like it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Lord, I want to serve you more. All the days of my life, I like, I love it. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Oh, can you clap your hands? Can you clap your hands? Beautiful. How many of you want to serve Jesus? And I'm so happy you are here as a pastor, as a shepherd. A good shepherd does not serve Jesus alone. One of your greatest skills will always be the skill of Getting people to follow you so they can become fishers of men. And I'm very happy that in this conference, Bishop Ni Ajedu has undergone a certain anointing transfer and is ministering with the efficacy you would expect of a man who has companied with Bishop Dagiwan Mills. He himself is a shepherd of no mean repute. And sometimes, you always must be careful not to just listen to people. You don't just listen to people. Acts 1-1, this treatise, O Theophilus, I write, concerning the things Jesus Christ began both to do and to teach. It's difficult to teach something you've not done. And a lot of pastors are into theoretical eisegesis and exegesis. This man we are about to listen to has pastored churches in little villages, towns, cities, nationally, internationally, He's, he, he's currently pastoring literally the seat of the UD. 
at the Kodesh. And you don't know the Kodesh. <laughs> you only see a nice building. Kodesh cannot be pastored by. I want you to get ready to hear wisdom now. As he ministers, there will be transfers. There will be impartations. There will be graces. Because this man clearly carries an anointing. And some of it will fall on you. Please rise to your feet and let's receive the ministry of Bishop Ni Ajedu Amar. Clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you so much. We pray that this afternoon you will speak to us. Let your word bring a change, a transformation. Let something enter our hearts, the very center of our ministries, in the very center of everything that we do. So at the end of the day, Lord, your name will be glorified. We give you the glory and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. You may please be seated. What a session we've had. Oh, clap your hands for our host, Bishop Ogo. He's a very, very, very anointed and powerful man of God. Somebody has, I've admired for so many years. You know, so many years ago, I mean, people like us were more like outsiders in the ministry who, by the grace of God, have found ourselves where we are. Because this ministry started and I was, you know, far away. I've hardly, I wasn't in Ghana. At a point when I was in Nigeria, I said to myself, I needed a friend in the top ranks of the church. I needed somebody I could relate with, somebody I could follow. You know, and I didn't know who, but the Lord gave me three names. I don't mention all the names, but one of them was Bishop Ogo. And some way, somehow, I found him very unfriendly. In a good way. <laughs> I mean, it's not somebody who you see just talking, just like coming to your house, visit, making friends, because he has a focus. Amen? He's a man with a purpose. If you see people with purpose, you think they are not friendly. But you see, it will surprise you to know that this is the first time somebody has invited me to speak in a pastor's conference. And that is a friend. Amen? That is a friend. Hallelujah. That is a friend. I want you to clap your hands again. That is a friend. Amen. I remember the day he was transferred to take over at the Adenta Church. I don't know how many of you were there. But then I was just at home in the morning. I used to be in charge of the apostolic office. And then the Lord just said, get up and go to Adenta. So I got up and I came to Adenta. He had just arrived at the church. He was coming to take over the church. And there was nobody to introduce him. The Lord said, go there and go and introduce him to the church. 
So I came there in Adenta without anybody sending me. I came to introduce him that this is your new pastor. Amen. And so years, years went by and I said, look, I need a friend. I need a friend. And so our friendship is a spiritual friendship. Amen. When we meet, we talk about ministry. When we meet, we talk about very deep things. Amen. And I greatly respect and appreciate the, the, the call of God upon his life. So for him to invite me to come to this place is not a small thing for me. And for me to see my face on... Since I've been at the Kodesh for, Kodesh for almost five years, have you seen my face on Facebook before? Because when I came there, I warned them, nobody should put my face on Facebook. If I'm doing a program, I'm ministering, put a picture of Kodesh, not my face. I don't want my face anywhere. Amen. I wanted to lift the name of the Kodesh. And that is what I have purpose in my heart to do. But people were telling me they are seeing my face on a big billboard. I said, my face? Who did this? <laughs> my friend. <laughs> my friend put my face on the billboard. Very big billboard. You know, and... Um, like I said, look, Bishop Ogo could preach all these four days. He didn't need me to come here. Hallelujah. So my coming here, I feel that it's me, I'm the one who is being blessed. Are you understanding? Not that I have something to offer, but I came here to learn and I've been receiving so many things. Hallelujah. So God really blessed Bishop Ogo for this wonderful conference and for the things that he's impacting to us. And I want to assure you that what is impacting to us, your ministry will not remain the same again. I say your ministry will not remain the same again. Because it's touching the very core of our, the ministry. That is what is in our hearts. I salute you, man of God. It's touching the very core of the ministry and what is in our hearts. Amen. Because you, see, you can talk and talk and talk, but if it is not in the heart of the people, nothing will happen. But I pray to God that before you leave this conference, something will change in your heart. I say something will change in your heart. Amen. Now, yesterday I was a bit not happy when um, our sister, Pastor Akusha, came here to introduce the, the speak the word. I mean, there wasn't enthusiasm for the materials. Now, those people who have really embraced the prophet's materials, and one of them is here, and I believe there are a number of you here, when they testify of what has happened to their churches and their ministries, you'll be amazed. You'll be surprised. And that is why we hold these conferences. So the materials will be taught, and the materials will enter our hearts. Amen? And the father that we have, the man who is coming here this evening, he's not a selfish man. Amen. His ministry is to all. And if he had not risen up to even extend his ministry to people outside his own church, some of us would not have been serious. Because we realize that, look, the ministry is to the whole world. So you better jump onto it. Amen. You better be serious. Otherwise, people outside rather will be more blessed. And there are many ministers outside 
who have tremendous churches with branches who are doing great work. And I believe that you are also going to do great work. I say you are also going to do great work. You know, I have been talking about many are called and that is my vision in this conference. And I believe strongly that many people have been wondering, so when these many are called, if I gather the many people, what am I going to do with them? And what am I, you know, many of us is like, apart from preaching on Sunday, we don't do anything else. But I came to announce to you that the Bible says that many are called. And I'm saying there are many people in your church who are called. Hallelujah. And I gave you a formula. Do you remember the formula? 50 plus 1. 50 plus 1. Because many means majority. And in any elections, majority is 50 plus 1. Not 50 people, 1, 2, 3, 4, up to 20, 50. No. But 50% plus 1. And so I'm saying, go into your church and have in your heart that many are called. That 50% of your members plus one are called. Because 50% plus one of your membership are in the majority. And the majority are called. Amen? I said the majority are called. Some will fall by the roadside, but always have a mind and always have a purpose that many are called the majority of your members are called. The majority of the youth in your church are called. The majority of the business people in your church are called. The majority of the, of, of the doctors in your church, the women in your church, believe God that the majority of the people in your church, they are called. Until this enters your heart and until you begin to believe it, you will not begin to implement it. But leave this conference knowing that many are called. And let it enter into your heart that many are called. Because the work is numerous. The work is a lot, I tell you. There is no way. If you try doing it, you you see, Moses' father-in-law called him. Because Moses didn't know that many are called. Because when Moses encountered the burning bush, he was alone. And then later on, his brother Aaron came to join him. So then when he started the work, Moses will sit down, he will be ministering to the people, one after the other. And that is what many of us have been doing. But then his father-in-law came and advised him that this thing you are doing is not good. Number one, it's not good for you. Because you weary yourself. And number two, it's not also good for the people. Because there are many people in your church who need direction. And as Bishop Ogo has been teaching us, we have to seek for the sheep. We have to visit the sheep. We have to pray for them. Try visiting alone the people in your church. You will not succeed. By the time you finish visiting visiting all the people, it's about three years. And then the time you're going to start again, the one you visited in the second year, he has left because you have not visited him this year. Amen. I said amen. amen. And that is why you and I, we need many people to work with. Yeah. We need many, many, many people to work with. And you see, I think that as I've been, I was meditating this morning and thinking about it, that look, I'm telling these people that many are called. Now, when they get a 50% plus one, what are they going to do with them? 
What are they going to do with them? One of the things that I spoke about earlier on was let me just go to chapter 2 of this book. I'm preaching from this book. Okay? Now there is something behind this book. If you see what are the things behind this book? What, are, what do you see behind this book? People. Do you see people? We see many people. In fact, I'm also there. Yes, I think that is that me? It's me. Eh? It is me because I'm also called. <laughs> hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And you are also there. Are you aware you are there? Are you aware? No, I'm serious. Are you aware your picture is there? Should I show you your picture? You are, you, you are confused. Should I show you your picture? What is this? Your face here, you. Your face is here. Amen? I say your face is where? It's here. Your face is here. And many other faces. They are all here. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. So you cannot count yourself out. Amen? Now, I shared something um, two days ago. I said five facts about the call of God. And the second fact, in fact, the first fact is what we've been talking about, that many are called from Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. Hallelujah. And then the second fact I shared was that there is a call to fruitfulness. Amen? There is a call to fruitfulness. And we read from John chapter 15 and verse 16. If you could put that on the, on the screen now. John chapter 15 and verse 16. It said, ye have not chosen me. Ye have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. And ordained you. That ye should go and bring forth fruits. Not just bring forth fruits. But that your fruits should remain. Jesus Christ did not send us to go and make converts. He sent us to go and make disciples. Hallelujah. When you have that at the back of your mind, it will change the way you do ministry. That we were not sent to go and just make converts, but we were sent to make disciples. Amen. So he said that, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruits. Now, these fruits that you are going to bring forth, the Bible is saying that they must remain. They must remain. Now, how do they remain? And those are the things that Bishop Ogo has been dealing with. How do they remain? You have to keep them. Amen? And then after you have done that, it said, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. Now, how do you now keep the people? Because I'm sure many people are wondering if I... You know, I tell my people many are called and I do an altar call and many people come. What do I do with the people? What do I do with the people? What do I do with the people? And it's very important for you, for you to know that there are many books. You see, don't go for a conference like this and live with your empty hands. Amen? And the point is that the call is a call unto fruitfulness. Hallelujah. The call it's a call unto fruitfulness. And there are many, many, many books here that teaches us how to be fruitful. There is this book on double mega missionary church. You know, if you take this book, eh? if you take this book, double mega missionary church, 
everything in this book will help you. There are two things that I believe will help you and will make you so busy that if you don't take it, you run away. Will make you so busy that you see the need for the many people in your church to join you. This is one of the books. Now, in this book, it deals with campaigns. Okay? Let me just go through some of the campaigns that it deals with. Because now, after you have gathered the people, people have come. Now, what do, you, what do they do? What do they do? Now, we have campaigns in this book which will help you. We have, first of all, what we call soul winning and missions campaign. In your church, you need somebody to be heading that campaign. I mean, you are the ultimate campaign director. Are you with me? You are the ultimate campaign director. You are the ultimate prayer uh, warrior. You are the ultimate um, uh, choir leader. You are the ultimate of everything in your church. But if you stand alone to do this, since you will die. Because Moses was doing all these things. And his father-in-law advised him that if you don't take care, you will die. Now the end results of what we are doing, the end results of the core, the end results of everything else is to be fruitful. But I'm saying that you need people to work with you to be fruitful. You cannot be a man and be there alone and begin to give birth. You need a woman to be able to give birth. Or you need women to give birth. But because of our calling, you need a woman to give birth. You cannot give birth alone. So everybody who stands with you to work is like your wife. Because what is a wife? A wife is a helpmate. Amen? So whoever is your secretary is your helpmate. Your choir leader is your helpmate. Is that not the case? The one in charge of evangelism is your helpmate. The one in charge of prayer is your helpmate. Everybody is your helpmate. So I can conveniently say that everybody is your wife. I'm not saying you should go and sleep with them. But I'm saying you should sleep with them spiritually. Amen. I say you should have intercourse with them spiritually. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? It's a spiritual intercourse that brings forth the fruitfulness. And all these people are your helpmates. Until you begin to see that they are your helpmates, your ministry is not going far. But I see your ministry going far. As I see your ministry going far. Amen? Now, there is something that Bishop has done in this book that he's listed many campaigns. And I'm saying that if you are able to be practicing all the... I'm not even finished trying to practice the campaigns in my own church. Despite many meetings, many efforts... Because it takes a lot of work. Are you understanding what I'm saying? For the past three or four months, I've been meeting my leaders. We've been, we, we, we take the campaigns, we open the book, and we read. We take the first campaign, soul winning camp, and missions campaign. We read it. Then when I finish, I look among the leaders. I say, who is the best person who can handle this campaign? We debate with him. Okay, yeah, yes, okay, you can handle this campaign. So you are in charge. We take the next campaign, we open it, we read what Bishop has said inside, the state of the flock campaign. Then we look, who can handle this campaign? You can do it, then we give it to you. We've been doing it for the past, like, four months. At times, I go to Mampongu and pray, 
Then I called them Friday. Come to Mampong. I am here. They leave, finish their work. They troop to Mampong. They stay with me throughout the night to the morning, going through the campaign. When we finish, we read one. Who best can handle it? You can handle it. Okay, you are in charge of this campaign. I need many people to work with. I need many people to work with in order to realize the double mega missionary church. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So let me read you some of the campaigns and you need people to be doing all these things. You see, and even before they come to that level where you'll be working with them, you should have trained them. And there are so many materials here on training. Now, it says soul winning and missions consciousness campaign. The state, state of the flock campaign. You have to know the state of the flock that you are handling. Let me just open the page. State of the flock. Page 46. I'm just reading to you what is inside here. For me, for you to know that you cannot come to such a, a, a conference and just leave. Proverbs 27, 23 to 24. If it's a be down diligent hmm, to know the state of thy flock. Be down diligent to know the state of thy flock. Like Bishop Ogo was saying, you have to know the people who you are pastoring. You have to know the state of your choir leader. Why is that these days the choir are not singing very well? Is it because of the choice of songs? Or because the leader is not leading right? Or because the leader has some marital challenges? Or the leader has lost his job? You have to know the state of your flock before you can get the best out of your flock. Amen? It says that to know the state of thy flock and look well to thy heads. It says for riches are not forever and that the crown endure to every generation. Somebody's condition today is not the same as the person's condition tomorrow. That is why it's important to know the state of the flock. Amen? It says, in order to be a good pastor and to generate growth, how many of us want to generate growth in our churches? Oh, yes. I want to generate growth in my church. I'm telling you, I'm working every day to generate growth in my church. We are doing activities. You know, when you marry somebody in the physical, it's activity that generates growth, that generates a fruitfulness. Amen. I met a couple the other day who have been married just about a year. And they told me they were going to see a doctor. And I said, what for? They said, they are, she's not getting pregnant. I said, one year? She's not getting pregnant. They're already running to a doctor. So I said, how often do you have sex? So, I mean, like, to, I mean, do you have sex? They say, yes. Do you have it often? So, oh, yeah, how, how often? Oh, like, maybe three times in two weeks. To, and you know I said you don't need a doctor you don't need a doctor yet you need to increase activity in the house amen so I asked them do you have any problem with having sex do you get tired said, no, no I don't have any problem do you enjoy it they say yes and I said oh then you have to do it every day amen you have to do what every day since I was a child, Coca-Cola has been producing every day. Coca-Cola. Do you know the Coca-Cola? They have been what? They have been producing every day. And that is why the Coca-Cola business is still there. 
They have been producing every day. Every day. Do they still do Pepsi Cola? Eh? Do you drink Pepsi Cola? Now, do you know Mascatella? Do they still do it? Ah. <laughs> because they don't produce every day. So now they've stopped producing. Are you with me? It takes a lot of activity to generate growth. A lot of activity. You can't be married and be having sex two, three times in a month and you said, and you want a child. You're going to see a doctor. What for? It is not the doctor that will bring the child. Even when you go and see the doctor, there are activities you have to do. Amen? I said there are what? Activities you have to do. It says, in order to be a good pastor and to generate growth, there must be a serious campaign to know the state of the flock. You cannot be pastoring people and you don't know their state. Information, data, and facts will become important if you undertake the state of the flock campaign. It means that in the church, there have to be someone who is in charge of data, attendance, how many people came from here, how many people came from there. You have to have somebody who is in charge of that. Amen? You have to have people who are counting the numbers. Don't just sit there and say, oh, oh, there were about 500 people. No! About is not the same as exact figures. Are you with me? You will only harm yourself if you tell yourself lies. There are persons who tell themselves lies. Oh, today we were 150. But if you really count, it's about 69. If you really count, it's about 69. So you have to know the state of your flock. If you tell yourself that you have a thousand members, when in reality you have 300 members, you only deceive yourself. So this is just one of the campaigns. Are you with me? He said, know the state of the flock. Look well to thy heads. Do a state of the flock campaign because churches are not greater forever. When, and stop using COVID as an excuse. Are you with me? I said, stop. You see, we can continue to use COVID and not do anything. Okay, COVID has come. It has reduced our church. And so what? Let us move on. Hallelujah. I said what? Let us move on. Amen? Knowing the state of the flock leads to all your needs being met. Knowing the state of the flock leads to knowing the state of the finances. So state of the flock, you are checking the numbers that come. You are checking your finances. You are checking everything that is needed. Any data that is needed. That's why you need many people to work with. That's why you need many people to work with. And it is not easy. Because in my church, for example, the Kodesh, you have people who you have appointed to even be outside to count the buses when the buses come. Yet you have people who dodge them. <laughs> I mean, if you have brought people to church, as you have landed, you know the numbers. But they will not bring the data. I mean, the data is being massaged. 
Just like election results. It's not being in the church. The results are being what? Are being massage. Are being massage. So there are so many things that will not make you the make you know the real thing. You need people to work with. You need people. Fifty plus one. Amen. The next campaign: the servants armed and trained. You say you don't need people to do these things. When he says servants armed and trained. In Genesis chapter 14 verse 14. The Bible says. And when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive. He armed his trained servants. Born in his own house. 318. And pursued them unto Dan. Personal army. So Abraham had a personal army. Servants who he has trained in his own house. And he has armed them. But if you the pastor. You are not training yourself. And you are not arming yourself. How can you even train people under you? But every servant under you must be trained. And must be armed. You cannot do it alone. You need people to work with you. To come, cause that to come to pass. I'm just reading to you. Campaigns that are in this book. About 20 something campaigns. That when you undertake, I am telling you, your church is on the route to church growth. Yeah. Your church is what? It's on the route to church growth. And they are not small things. I tell you, they are difficult to do. And they are not small things to handle. It's not just you start then three months, you are seeing results. You put people at campaign directors after Six months later, they are useless campaign directors. You have to change them and put somebody else. Do you understand? I said, do you understand? <laughs> now, in the church at the Kodesh, I open it up. I said, look, anybody who is willing to work, come and let's work. Anybody. So there are people who are appointed pastors last year. I've given them, um, not, not position, but work. There's nothing like position in the church. When you are in the church and they are making you a bishop, don't be too happy. (laughs) Of course, if you like work, you'll be happy. But if you like position, then don't be too happy. Because right after that, work. Hallelujah. So that is servants armed and trained. It's a campaign. The next one is the hearing and seeing. Now, what, what do you arm the people with? You arm them with materials. Bishop Ogo has been talking about having versions of the Bible. Having translations of the Bible. You arm your people with Bible. You arm your people with books. Now, I have, since last two years, I have some young people in the church who I'm training. And when we have some meetings, like last year, for instance, we had a, had a Christmas party for them at the end of the year. In the party, the best dress people, I choose them. I didn't, I gave, I gave them uh, a tablet. Tablet with, with, with books. Tablet with, <laughs> tablet with Bibles. Amen. Tablet with books, with Bibles. Tablet with ministerial materials. Are you understanding? Eh? So though we're having fun, eh? though we're having fun, I was arming them. And I said to them, 
that there is no way any of you should not have. I said, tablet is not a, it's not a privilege to have a tablet, but it is good to have a tablet. Are you understand what I'm saying? It's just like a car. A car is a working tool. Amen. I said, a car is a working tool. A tablet is a working tool. And so you need to arm your people and you need to train them. Not that many are called. 50 plus 1, they come and then they are just there. No. Invest in the people. Invest in them. Use your own money. Some of those tablets, they don't cost much, but they are very powerful. Yes, they don't cost much. With 1,300, 1,400, you can get a good tablet that can contain all the books, can contain 10 translations of the Bible. Books. You arm them and you train them. You need somebody to work with you on that campaign. Hearing and seeing campaign. Don't forget, the call is a call to fruitfulness. Amen? It's a call to what? Fruitfulness. And you need people to work with in order to generate fruitfulness. You cannot be fruitful alone. Hearing and seeing campaign is a campaign where everything that people have to hear, they hear. What do they have to hear? The podcast. When our prophet preaches, the members must hear it. Irrespective of where he's preaching from. When our prophet preaches, People must see it. Irrespective of where he's seeing from. You put people in charge. They don't make the church members hear anything. You change them. Put somebody else who can make the people hear. As simple as that. Keep changing. And keep using people. Keep changing. That is why you need many people. How many footballers play a match? Eleven. But every match you register how many? Every match. You register how many? No, you don't register 22 for a, a match. I was 16 for a match. Because you take their names. You have 11 on the field. And you can change how many times? You can change about five times. Yes. So there are people that you register for a particular match. Is it true or correct? Yes. But then the team has how many, uh, how many can each team register? Plenty. How many? Is there a limit? When you are traveling, you have a limit. Like, how is the limit? Like 22. Because some will get wounded. Some will not play. It, but in every match, number one, in every match, there are 11 people who play. But in every match, you register a certain number of people. But as you are going, you are more than the people who are playing. You are more than people that you register for every match. Okay? How many? There's a subject for every player. So that is also there. But the team doesn't got only 22 people. There are more people. Some people are never fielded. Some people only come in for five minutes. You know. So there are a lot of people in the team. That the team has spent money to buy. Many. Buy many. How come you only have a few? Hmm? How come you only have a few? Jumping from prayer meeting to training program, to jumping all over the place. Something that Moses was told long ago, he cannot do that. And you in the, this century, what century are we in now? 21st century. 
you are doing what Moses was told long ago not to do. Eh? How can you reduce yourself to primitive actions? Imagine that, you know, that, uh, imagine that you see somebody dri- driving Boafo. You know Boafo, a car called Boafo. Imagine you see somebody driving Boafo. Or somebody comes and after the service, he goes and he puts some rod behind his car and begin to do this. You'll be wondering whether the person is mad or is correct. But in the past, there were cars that you put rod under and move for the car to start. Nobody uses that car today. So why are you using methods that Moses used long ago? When wisdom has come. When technology has come. When advancement has come. You cannot continue. That's why you're having the same results always. When you do the same thing, you get the same results. Change what you are doing. I said change what you are doing. Recruit people in your church. Jesus did not die for them to come and sit down in your church and warm pews and begin to look at you. You see, Bishop, God has been talking about the heart. Now, one of the things, one of the challenges you have in your church are people who are very knowledgeable. Very, very knowledgeable. You've been preaching to the person for the past five years. And bomb is you would have repeated some of the things you preached. So as you are preaching the series again this time, the person knows what you are preaching. Why would he pay attention? But if you have given the person some work to do, and the person also has some three people that he has to minister to, he will be very happy to come and sit down to listen to you. He will be very, very busy preparing to come and share something with the people at fellowship. He will not have time and energy to criticize you and to analyze what you are doing. But because you let them idle, you've let them idle doing nothing in the church. But everybody wants to do something. You may not believe it. But everybody wants to do something. Everybody has the ability to do something. Some of the things are gossip. It is something. Fornicating the church, it is something. Lying in the church is something. <laughs> it's all something. But if you give the person what you want to be done, like visitation, then the lying reduces. Because he has to share the time between visiting and gossiping. So gossiping reduces. <laughs> because you task the person and get results from what the person is doing. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And I'm saying there are many campaigns. means that you need many people to work with. The honor the prophet campaign. Naturally, we are taught to honor our prophets. Amen. You need somebody in your church who teaches your members to honor you. Yeah. You need somebody in your church who teaches your members loyalty and disloyalty. You need somebody in your church who teaches your members that when pastor, when you are there and pastor comes, you have to stand up. But people are not respecting your church because you have not taught them. People do what you teach them. People do what you teach them. It's a campaign. Anti-British campaign. Anti-British means prayer. Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 21. 
He said, for the pastors have become brutish and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper and all their flock shall scatter because they have not sought the Lord. He said, they shall not prosper. It means that prosperity is linked directly to prayer. Not just praying for things, but praying for the flock. Praying for the people that God has given to you. You need somebody who is the head. You see, I'm saying that you are the head of everything in the church. So though you have given the campaign to somebody to do, it doesn't exempt you from being responsible. But at least there's somebody who is helping you. And that person is your helpmate. Amen. I said that person is your helpmate. We need many wives in the church. There's a main wife at home. But we need many wives in the church. Many helpmates in the church. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 What is the next campaign? Just, I'm just trying to encourage you that there are ministerial materials that will help you. This morning, Bishop Ogo was talking about knowledge. He started talking about knowledge from yesterday. Amen. And the many are called when they come, what will you tell them? If there is nothing in your head, there's nothing you can tell them. And that is why many of us are afraid to even invite people to come and work with us. Because when they come, there's nothing that you can tell them. So when you go to places and you see people have crowded, you know, the other day I went to preach somewhere last week. I went to preach at um, Calvary Baptist, certain program there. And some of my pastors and members came. So when I finished and I stand in my car, we're standing about 20, 30 of us. We're just chatting. Because that's what we see our father do. Anywhere he's going, he goes with us. I remember once we were in South Africa for a conference. And after the conference, we were just there chatting, fellowshipping. You didn't believe it. The host has left. He's gone home. All his members have gone home. We're, we're fellowshipping. We're fe- he has gathered around. Not that if you don't come around, then hey, you are warned if you don't come. No! We love him. We want to honor him wherever he is. We are there. And as we are standing with him, we know that there are nuggets that are coming out of him. There are spirits that he was sharing. Not evil spirits, but good spirits of the ministry that he was sharing. So we've all, we all we gathered there up to around one in South Africa, in Soweto. Everybody has gone. Now the screechy man was getting very concerned. He said he wants to close the church. So we went to stand on, stood on the compound and he closed the church building. But when we were on the compound and we're still there. He thought we could go. He was moving around like a hungry lion seeking whom he may devour. We're there. We did like three hours. We're just fellowshipping. Just fellowshipping. Hallelujah. Just fellowshipping. Just fellowshipping. So last week, my church members were just there fellowshipping. Coolies standing there. And I could see people they were, going, they were look at us. I mean, they are surprised. I don't know why we are standing. And we are standing in the sun. It's not like we wanted vitamin D or something. You know? But because we are just enjoying each other's company. Hallelujah. Just enjoying each other's company. And I felt very honored. Wow. As they came, they didn't come to give me any money. But the father that I was going to preach somewhere, that they have come. And they are with me. I felt very honored. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And all these things are things that we teach. You may not necessarily teach through a book, but you teach also by example. Amen. You teach also by example. Now, we have many campaigns, Bacenta, proliferation. I don't want to go into all that, but I'm saying there are campaigns here. There's what we call testimony campaign. You need somebody who will go around to look for testimonies. He said they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You need somebody to go around to solicit for testimonies. And testimonies are given in church to strengthen people. You need, Pastor, are you going to go around to go and ask people for testimonies? And you see, there's a lot of work to be done in the church. Are you seeing that? There's a lot of work to be done in the church. I'm telling you. A lot of work to be done in the church. If you don't know, then you don't know. But there's a lot of work to be done in the church. 50% plus one. I said what? 50% plus one. 50% plus one. Don't you want your church to grow? Because the call is a call to fruitfulness. It's not a call to just come and be in the church. It's a call to fruitfulness. And I'm saying you cannot be fruitful alone. Be there alone and see if you can give birth. I said be there alone and see if you can give birth. I don't know. There are some human, there are some hermaphrodites. Can they give birth <laughs> with themselves? They are insects that give birth. No, I mean human beings. Human beings, no. Even if there's human beings and hermaphrodites, it's got both sexes. No, you can't. <laughs> he can't help himself. <laughs> you cannot give birth alone. You cannot be fruitful alone. You need many. You need many. You can't give birth alone. Look at the church of a book on church growth. And say so you are a pastor in Accra. You don't have it. I don't think you are a pastor. I don't think you are a pastor. Because there is no ambiguity about the title of the book. The title of the book is very straight. There's no ambiguity. And even when you go in, you will know things to do. Eh? Talk about church growth and lay people. Let's talk about church growth and burning vision. And you have to live here with the vision to be a great shepherd. And a great shepherd has many sheep under him and has other under shepherds. That is a great shepherd. You have other under shepherds. And how will you get them? They are in your church. 50% Plus one. The majority. <laughs> I said the majority. Amen. Church growth and lay people. It's about how you can get lay people to work with you to do the work. Maybe yourself, you too, you are a lay person. Church growth and pastoral care. Church group and wise management of money. You are wasting God's resources that he brings bringing to you. If not by now, your church would have had a building. Is it inside the Kodesh? That structure alone that you see there needs a lot of maintenance. And if I say I'm going to maintain that place, bah, we'll chop all the money that we generate there. And as we sit at the Kodesh, we are building about 15 cathedrals. 
all over the place. They're building 15 cathedrals all over the place. 10 cathedrals in the Volta region. Cathedrals plus office blocks. Not small structures. Huge, massive structures. Not an easy thing. That's church growth and wise use of resources, wise use of money. Bishop Ogoas is sitting here, he's building cathedrals. <laughs> he's building what? Cathedrals. The other day, somebody called, and we needed an urgent money, I think, on Wednesday to do something. I said to him, by close of Tuesday, all my money is finished. Irrespective of what I get in the offering on Sunday, by close of Tuesday, it is finished. Because there's work going on. There's work going on. If you don't build, by all means, you can also use the money. Yeah. If you are not building, you can by all means use the money. It will carpet the place. From the front to the back. <laughs> are you with me? So I'm just saying to you that the call is a call unto fruitfulness. And these are all ministerial materials that will help us to become fruitful. The mega church, the pastoral, but transform your pastoral ministry and all that. It's a call to fruitfulness. Now, I want to talk about why people are not fruitful. Do you want to know why you are not fruitful? Amen. Why you are not fruitful. Second Peter chapter 1 give me from verse 7 if I go to verse 6 you want me to shout before you take it (laughs) okay let's start from verse (laughs) 1 hallelujah in fact those from my church who are here they realize I'm very, very lenient. They think I'm too some way. Because you are sitting in front there as a pastor. Or you are preaching. And you are expecting something and the thing is not coming. You are sitting there and somebody is singing. The sound is not good. And you don't... And, and it's like after 10, sec, five, 10 seconds, nothing has changed. So you wonder whether the people out there, whether they are asleep or they are awake. <laughs> Do you have, do you have, do you have that? Oh, we are here. Because everything is very nice here. It's not as it seems. That's why we need many people. Many. Otherwise, he'll be going back and forth to ch- and tune the thing and come back and tune something. He'll be going back and forth. We need many people. Now, there's something called Sunday Management Campaign. The Sunday Management Campaign said that I can sit down and relax. And I have a competent person who when I, when my ear moves like this, he knows what it means. When my, I, 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 <laughs> my, when I blink, he knows what it is. So he is supposed to be going up and down and making sure the service is running seamlessly. It's called, it's in the Sunday campaigns. It's called Sunday Management Campaign. You have somebody who manages the service. Can you see that the 50 plus 1 crowd is too small? Eh? The 50 plus 1 is very small. It's not enough at all. 
Meanwhile, you need a lot of people to go and also bring. When you come to the Kodesh, when you look at the attendance, it's just about maybe 20% or 25 come on their own. But about 60 to 70% are bashed into the church. They are brought. And somebody organizes them and puts them in the bus and brings them to church. And there's a campaign for that. What is it called? Gathering bus campaign. Hey, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gathering bus campaign. You have to gather them, put them in the bus. There's somebody who does that. Should we increase the 50 plus one? How many people think we should increase the 50 plus one? Many are called. Hallelujah. To have a large church. Oh. You're welcome, sir. To have a large church, you need these things. Are you with me? You see, Bishop sitting there. Okay, I was going to say it's not a member of the UD, but it's a member of the UD. Eh? He knows all these things I'm talking about. Because he's practicing them. And that's why you have branches and large churches. And that's also going to happen to you. I said that is also going to happen to you. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1. Let's read from verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. To them that have obtained like precious faith which us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. This is King James Version. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge. Have we been learning about knowledge today? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According to his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. Knowledge again. Hmm? He has given us because God has given us all things that pertains to life and godliness and it only comes by knowledge. So you can see that what Bishop Ogo has been teaching us from yesterday, today is so critical. Otherwise, the things that have been given, all things that have been given to us will never come to us. The church growth will never come to us. The building up of the people of God will never come to us. Because all those things have been given unto us, but then it is through knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. So there are things to partake in. But these things come by certain means. Amen. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lusts. And beside this. Giving all diligence. Giving all what? Diligence. Giving all diligence. We need to apply diligence to the things that we are hearing. We need to apply diligence to the things that are being imparted to us. 
So beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And then to virtue, knowledge. Hey, what can we do without knowledge? What can we do without knowledge? You need to have knowledge of how to do things. Knowledge of things to do. Because you might be there, you want your church to grow. You want your income to increase. You want to build. But you don't have the knowledge of how to do it. And that is why God has gathered us to impact to us that knowledge. He has gathered us to impact to us that knowledge. And to knowledge temperance. And to temperance patience. And to patience godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Verse 8. He said, for if these things be in you and abound, so the knowledge doesn't have to be only be in you, the patience doesn't have to be only be in you, the virtue doesn't have to be only be in you, but it has to be in large numbers. Amen? In the same way, you don't just have to have a few people, but they have to abound. There have to be many. Many are called. So everything you need a lot to get a lot. You need a lot to get a lot. You need a lot of bus captains to get a lot of buses. You need a lot of shepherds to get a lot of sheep. You need a lot to get a lot. A lot of shepherds to get a lot of sheep. And you think you can do it alone? No. I think we have to revise the 50 plus 1. I think we have to revise it. We have to revise it. Hallelujah. He said, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. But he that lacketh these things, okay, he that lacketh these things. Now, we have been brought here to learn a lot. And so far, a lot of knowledge has been impacted to us. And there is continuation of the knowledge being impacted to us. And thank God tonight, the master of all knowledge is coming to impact more to us. He may just preach something small. And remember my testimony. That two nations are in thy womb. I said, remember my testimony. That two nations are in thy womb. And receive whatever he's coming to give to you. Hallelujah. And not just what he's coming to give to you, but what his precious son here is releasing to us as we receive it. I said, as we receive it. And these things abound in us. I tell you, you will say bye-bye to barrenness. I said, you will say bye-bye to barrenness. I say, you say bye-bye to barrenness. You will know what to do. You will know what to do. One of the most painful things is not to know what to do. Just like I had a block mind in my last year in Bibiani. Yeah. It's not not comfortable. Chartered accountant. Working in Obasi for six years. Takrari for two years. Zimbabwe for three and a half years. And I'm sitting in the office. My mind is blocked. I don't know what to do. 
And there are many in the ministry today who don't know what to do. And that's why God has brought us here. So that's how God has brought us here. So it doesn't enter into our hearts. Is if that, I'm glad Bishop Ogo is dealing with hearts. You know, it's very amazing when you told me about the conference. Eh? And what I was looking at was this session on the hearts. Wow. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So when you began to teach those things, I said, wow. The Lord God, he is one. <laughs> yes. Because without the heart, I tell you, it's very interesting that everything, the size of your church is in your heart. The size of your ministry is in your heart. The number of people you raise to do the work is in your heart. It's inside your heart. And I'm looking forward to that day. Where I'll appoint a yam seller as a pastor. If I have to call him a citizen and teach him personally, and I'm going to do that when I go back. If I don't do it myself, I have many. Take this person. I want to appoint this person a pastor next year, May. I'll meet him once a month. The rest of the weeks, meet him. Teach, teach him. Let him write the exams and let him pass. <laughs> because the person, by virtue of what he's doing already, is a pastor. He may not have a lot of knowledge and things, but he has a heart. He has a heart. His heart is right. And that's how come there are a lot of people from Abogloshi who are following him to church. Yes. Because what? He has a heart. And a number of the people who are following him are also becoming shepherds. I'm telling you, Bishop Ogo, I wish I could build a house for that guy to stay in. Amen. Amen. Say, but he that lacketh these things is blind. And when you are blind, you cannot see afar off and have forgotten that he was purged from his own sins. From his old sins. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Why many Christians are fruitless? The inability to see the reality, the first reason is that because people are blind. People are blind, that's why they are fruitless. Even a blind pig, when he mounts a sow, will know where he can put his members. A blind boa. You know a boa? A boa is a male pig. You understand? I say a boa is a male pig. I have been a pig farmer before. In Awoshi. In Awoshi, the red pigs there. Yeah, second school, form four. Either we were in the um, in Priyashu area ministering when we, we get some um, vacation, short vacation we went work in the pig farm so I know how pigs mount and all those, how to treat pigs and all those things how to treat their piglets when they are born to clip up their teeth I know all those things how to treat them, everything to weigh, we weigh them every week, every Monday we weigh the pigs at the point we had about 800 pigs we were slaughtering about 20 pigs every week 
And the meat was not just ordinary meat. We had a t-shirt, meat the meat. I was, our meat was eaten by embassies. So when I say a blind pig, a blind boar, <laughs> when he mounts a sow, he knows where to put what. The inability to see the reality of hell is a cause of much of the prevailing barrenness in Christian circles. We have lost track that there's a place called hell. We have forgotten that there's a place called hell. And so because of that, we have a congregation who we preach to every Sunday and we polish the same people. Meanwhile, they're not changing. The same polishing. We polish the same thing. When you have a shoe that you always polish and put down, in a short time, the shoe will spoil. Because shoes are meant to be used, not to be polished by reason of use. You exercise the shoe. So if you have members who are not used, they get sports. They become brats in the church. Who you have taught so many good things. But they sit in the church and they have diseases. When you eat and you eat and you eat and you don't use the food you've eaten, energy, you get a disease. Obesity. Become obese. It will kill you like a rat that has been poisoned. And many people in our churches have been killed because pastors, we've locked track that there's a place called hell. But you see, the one who we are following have not forgotten. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. It said, by faith, talking about Moses, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. There are invisible things. The other was listening to Bishop and he said something about faith which was very, very powerful. When we talk about faith, that the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, all that we think about is your car that you have to see, you have evidence that you have it. It's your, your wine that you have, to, you have not seen, you have evidence that you have it. It's your riches that you have not seen, you have evidence that you have it. But how about heaven? How about heaven? How about hell? The evidence of things not seen. We have not seen heaven, but we have evidence. And we are sure that there's a place called heaven. We have not seen hell, but we are sure because faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Are you not hoping to go to heaven? Are you not hoping to take people to heaven? The evidence of things not seen. So it's not just your car that you have have not seen. That you, you are believing God to see. But the heaven that you have not seen, that you are believing God to see, the hell that you want to shun, the hell that you want to prevent people from going into. And because we've forgotten about that, we are unfruitful. We are unfruitful. Pastors, we have to wake up. And that is why we need many people. Even if you go and stand on the stage and you preach, when you finish, the people must be brought up. The people must be brought up. Somebody must follow them. Somebody must see to their growth. He said, teaching them to observe all things 
teaching them. So it's not just the preaching and the salvation, but the teaching them. I told you that what my wife said. So Christo yeno and yedding. Niyono. I thought she'd be laughing. She's watching me now. Christo yeno and yedding. Niyono. 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 And that's what God wants us to do. That's what He wants us to teach them. If we don't take care, many of our members will go to hell. Because you know and I know the lives that they live. And you and you know, and if you've forgotten about hell, that there's heaven, there's hell, you and I also know the life that some of us live. But it's because we've forgotten. Hallelujah. I say it's because what? We are forgotten. We have been blinded to hell. Hell is, I mean, there's a certain blindness when it comes to the issue of hell, that it's a place like hell. Jesus Christ told the story of Lazarus and the rich man. And that was to bring our minds to a place that is a place like that. Nobody has ever told us what happens to us when we depart from here. No, no, no religious leader, nobody. The prophets and this thing who lived before, nobody told us. Jesus Christ told us that story. So pastors, we shouldn't forget. The call is to fruitfulness. But many of us are not fruitful because we've forgotten that there's a place called hell. But I pray that after this conference, I say after this conference, a certain veil will be taken off our eyes. As a certain veil will be taken off our eyes. As a certain veil will be taken off our eyes. The only reason we put up these church buildings is so that we can have a place to train people. We can have a place to raise people. We can have a place to have conferences. If this conference was under a tree, will you be there? I said, will you be there? Out of shepherding conference, featuring Bishop Ogo, the host, and Bishop Ni Ajedu Amar, happening live at the big mango tree under Oyibi, at Oyibi. Me too, I will not come. <laughs> he will not come. He will organize it. He will not come. So, our buildings are meant for training. Are you with me? One day, Bishop called me. He said, I came to the Kodesh. And the place was quiet. <laughs> See, usually the Kodesh <laughs> is the recipient for instruction for all our churches. I came there and the place was quiet. Why? I didn't build the Kodesh as a monument. <laughs> My house shall be called the house of prayer. Now come and see, I'm forcing every day. There have to be people there praying. Every day. Every day. And the compound is also big. So if you stay in a small corner in the room, you are praying, nobody will hear you. So we have Bluetooth speakers on the compound. We are praying. I mean, tell them, look, Look, you have neighbors. You use the volume. You have neighbors. It's not like I have reached anywhere. Amen. And myself too, I'm living under instruction. Hallelujah. I'm living under instruction. 
and I'm following instruction day by day. Last week, myself and my pastors, we met that book that you people didn't like, that you didn't book, The Gift of Government. You know, I was sharing with my pastors, we're just going through chapter one, and we're talking about, it was talking about decision making. And there, it said there are two ingredients for decision making. One is strength, and the other is humility. You need strength to take decisions. And that in every meeting, you know, in, in, by the grace of God in my meetings, we don't sit there and talk, 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 talk. After two, three, three, four, five contributions, so what decision are we taking? Every matter, you have to take decisions. And now, not just decisions, but also to implement. Bishop Ogo, you didn't believe there was something we're reading about the conferences. I've forgotten the name of the conference. If I have my phone, I'll remember. I've forgotten the name of the conferences. But conferences that we have to organize in our churches. But it's going on now. So even as I said, I'm revealing a secret. But the point is that it's like you have this number of churches. Maybe you want to transfer this pastor to another place. And it's not everybody who understands transfer. But you need to be a loyal pastor to understand transfer. So I send that pastor and I organize these six churches in this area. Go and teach them loyalty. Go and teach them loyalty for three days. <laughs> What's the name of the title of the conference? So as he's teaching them loyalty for three days, would he himself receive something? Of receive something. And I'm saying it because I want to transfer him. He knows I want to transfer him. That's why I'm sending him to go and teach loyalty. So when he finished and he's leaving, he said, transfer, you know, his mind will not, you know, become stupid. He has acquired knowledge because you have to have knowledge before you can impact. And so it started yesterday, Wednesday. It's supposed to continue today. Today, I don't know whether they will come here, but it's supposed to continue today. Organize this sister. Teach them three days of loyalty. He He himself sent pictures. He said, this thing is divine. It's very spiritual. <laughs> Pastor Eric, bring my phone for my car. He said, this is so divine. Very spiritual. Very, and the place was full. And he was teaching them loyalty. Now, after he has taught them, <laughs> he's going to transfer. Are you with me? Because, because of disloyalty, when you transfer them, then their high fever comes. But now that you have taken the medicine, the, what do you call the prophylaxis, eh? You have taken the prophylaxis against the high fever. <laughs> you have taken the antidote against the high fever. Your high fever will not come. So it's a way of blessing the person himself, making him acquire knowledge so that he will not behave stupidly. Practical. Amen? And all these are in this book. They are in this book. Then I told my pastors, this thing that we have studied, we have to practice it now. Now. So, organize the conferences. And organize, that was two weeks ago. This week the conference has started. Yes, decision making. Because several times we take decisions that we don't even implement. And just as you have come to a conference like this, I believe by the time you are living here, there are many decisions that you must have taken. Amen. Decision to apply 50 plus 1. But until you begin to apply it, you will not know that this is a spiritual thing. You will not know that this is a divine thing. 
You you don't know that this is something that will help your church until you begin to apply it. So immediately we began to apply the things we were learning. And already I'm receiving testimonies and pictures that is a very, very wild and powerful conference. Because last year I tried to transfer this same person and he wasn't happy. But now he will be happy. <laughs> he will be what? Happy. Because I have not seen that there is something like this. I have not seen there is something like this. Now he will be happy. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And these are all things in the books. When we are blinded to the things that we are supposed to do. Because our calling first of all is to fruitfulness. Amen. Jesus called his disciples and said follow me and I will make you fishers of men fruitfulness that's all it is and why is he making them fishers of men so they'll go and fish more men to avoid people going to hell but you and I we've forgotten about it we are blind to the fact that there is something like that and that is what is making us unfruitful number two why many Christians are fruitless or why many Christians are barren Barren because we are blind to heaven. The first one is you are blind to hell. The second one you are blind to heaven. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ. So number one, we are blind to hell. That is a place called hell that Jesus told us about. About Lazarus and the rich man. He brought my phone. So I want to get the name of the conference. Ah, this is on my phone. What's the name of the conference? Faithful Ministers Conference. It's in, it's in, it's in the book. <laughs> eh? Kodesh Family Church presents the Faithful Ministers Conference. Ephesians 6, 21 to 22. Wednesday to Friday, 16 to 18 November. Location, the Kodesh. North Carnation. <laughs> Faithful Ministers Conference. So you, the minister, you are sent to go and teach about faithfulness. And Bob, you prepare before you go. <laughs> you prepare. You don't read um, <laughs> how to church growth when you are going to teach about loyalty and disloyalty. You read loyalty and disloyalty. And that's what you open to teach. By the time you finish yourself, you are blessed. Your congregation is blessed. All that is to avoid foolishness. And evil. The question that Bishop asked in this page, he said, Can you see heaven? And number two, do you have another world in view? Is a world in view that you have just the world that we have here? Because if you just have the world that we have here, then you are a nice Christian. You don't have to bother to come for a conference like this. You are a nice Christian. You'll be there. I mean, you will not fornicate. You, you and your wife, and you have many children, three, four, five children, and you'll be nice, and you just be there. I mean, you have not done anything wrong to anybody. But remember the parable of the talents. I said, remember the parable of the talents. The one who was given one talent. He said, Lord, you gave me one talent, and here it is. Get your one talent. And those of us who we just want to be Christians, that is our story. 
because it says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We are his workmanship born again through Christ Jesus unto good works. Born again through Christ Jesus unto good works. You were not born again through some pouring or something on you. You were not born again by taking some white chickens to some fetish priest somewhere. But born again through Christ Jesus. And for one reason and for one purpose. Unto good works. Unto good works. Which God had before ordained. God had prepared. God had prepared, ordained for you and I to walk in it. That is the purpose of our salvation. Let me tell you, the greatest job, assignment you can have in your life is the assignment of doing the ministry work. I'm telling you. You know, Bishop, as a medical officer, has made that statement. I believe Bishop Ogo is a special consultant has made that statement. Those are doctors. I'm a chartered accountant. I should have gathered here. Did you gather because they said somebody who are a chartered accountant has come to speak? Is that why you gathered? That there's a doctor and a chartered accountant coming to speak? Is that why you came here? No. That's not why you came here. You came here because you said there's a pastor coming to speak. There's a pastor coming to speak. If I was still a chartered accountant, I don't think that you guys would gather here to come and listen to rubbish from me. Even if I go and do it in UPS, I don't think the students will come. But you came here because somebody who has been given the greatest mandate, which you also have been given. Amen. My brothers and my sisters, don't look down at all on the profession that we have. Do I know you? What's your name? Nicholas. Douglas. Look like somebody I know. You know, there's no time, but if there's time, I'll teach you what it means to be called. What, your, what, what it means. Because most of us don't know what it means. And so we trivialize it. I have been a, I mean, I'm still a chartered accountant. I have worked in the highest level of accounting that I can work in. I was finance director in the gold, the biggest gold mine in Zimbabwe. And I am telling you, not that I read it somewhere, but I am telling you that you cannot compare that work to this work. The doctors have said it too. But I am an accountant telling you, you cannot compare that work to this work. By far. You know, when I came into full-time ministry, one of the questions that Bishop asked me after a couple of months, he said, so how do you compare the work? I said, Bishop, when I was in Ashanti Fields, at least I close. <laughs> I do what? I close. I close and I go home. Of course, doing year end and things, it's still long enough, but I, I bomb is close. I put my phone off and I sleep. But since I bought that my phone, it has not gone off unless the battery finishes. That's a pastor, that's a shepherd. Unless the battery finishes, it hasn't gone off. I remember first when I came into ministry, 
I was in charge of missions. So, my assignment was to send missionaries and to take care of them as they've gone. Missionaries problem, they are calling back and forth. And so, when I arrive at home, maybe I've gone to work, I arrive at home maybe seven, eight. Then I pick my phone because then there will be a lot of messages to respond to. So, every day you see me like this. <laughs> at times, I wake up in the morning and the phone has fallen on my face. So when Bishop asked me that question, I said, when I was in Ashanti, we close. There's, not, so there's something like Monday. Oh, we've closed on Monday. There's something like we've closed on Tuesday. There are days that when I wake up, I have to sit up and just check what day I'm in. Because I'm so confused. I don't know whether it is a, it's a Sunday morning. If it's a Sunday morning, it's not the good news because I... <laughs> I'm telling you literally that this I wake up I, I mean I just I'm just confused I don't know what day it is I have to maybe take my phone and check or my iPad and check what day that it is but I'm not sure that is the calling that we've been called to that is the calling we've been calling to and some of this is I'm saying may sound strange to you because you are not doing the ministry work. Yeah. To sound strange to you because you are not you are not you are not I mean you have not you have not even read the tithe of the ministry work. That's 10% of the what you are supposed to you have not read the tithe. You have not reached it. But I pray to God, as I pray to God, that you will leave this place, you leave this conference, having a change of focus. There's so much to be done. I'm telling you. There's so much to be done. When you see people sitting in nice cars going, don't be deceived that they are going to heaven. Going to heaven is not by riches. One sister that we had, he was going out with a certain guy. Then they asked him, this is your guy, is he born again? Is he, is he born again? Is he a Christian? That's the question. Is he, is he, oh, yes, Pastor, yes. He's a virgin. <laughs> Nonsense. Yeah, no, I'm telling you. I know the person personally. Say he's a virgin. Is he a Christian? Oh, yes, Pastor. He's a virgin. And this person is in the church singing in the choir. He needs somebody to teach him that to be a Christian is to be born again. Amen? I say he needs somebody to teach her that to be a Christian is to be born again. Are you understand what I'm saying? And that's why Jesus Christ said, teaching them to observe all things. Teaching them. Teaching them. And it's not a crowd teaching. Three. One on one. Teaching them. That's why Bishop Ogo said, that as you are in this conference, if at the end of this conference, that's the end of it, then you have, I mean, you have wasted your time. But going back and sitting by the message and listening, there is nothing that you hear once that makes any impact on your life. There is nothing that you hear once. But you yourself as a pastor, when you are preaching in series, 
The following week, don't you go over the things you said the previous week? Eh? I said, don't you go over the things you said the previous week? So how come you are leaving a conference and you don't want to go over the things that you have heard? If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. We are talking about what makes us barren or fruitless. And the first one I'm saying, we are blind to hell. We've forgotten that there's a place called hell. We've forgotten it. And it's not just going to preach on the streets, but after you have preached to the people, you have to teach them to observe everything in the word of God. Some of us were in secondary schools and when the scripture union, we were in boarding schools. And every day, the seniors were on us. That happened by the grace of God. Even that cry, it was not easy for the seniors. It was not so easy for our Christianity. By the grace of God, today we are here. What makes you think somebody will come to church on Sunday? And the next time the person hears anything about the word of God is the following week Sunday. How? And I'm telling you that if you like, this Sunday, do a survey in your church. Just set some 10 people and ask people randomly, what did pastor preach about? You hear. They said we should obey our parents. Remember, you taught nothing about obeying parents. They said we should be good boys when we go to school. There was nothing about good boys when we go to school. So I'm telling you, the congregation, as they are sitting there and teaching, there is nothing that enters their head. What they need are shepherds who meet them one-on-one. One-on-one. And teaching them and asking them, what do you say? Last week, Otter called. So many people came forward. One young man was holding key facts. I said, who? I said, who gave it to you? He was looking at my face. What is your name? He was looking at my face. What's your brother? Debbie. He's holding key facts. This small boy needs somebody, a shepherd, who will sit down with him and read the sentence and say the sentence to him in chi. I asked him, Ujina say, more class five. Class five want to make Kayadi. Because we are breeding wicked people in our churches. We bring them in for numbers. But their lives are not changing. God will hold us responsible. I said, God will hold us responsible. And I tell my church every day that God will hold us responsible. That this young boy has been coming to church. Your children have finished school, university, they are there. What are you doing with your life? You can invest your life in somebody else's child. Yeah. You can invest your life in somebody else's child. So that heaven becomes real to the person. But before heaven will become real to the person, heaven has to become real to you. It says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. If we are seeking things which are above, we will be concerned 
about the small boy holding key facts who couldn't read. I felt very sad. I felt very, very sad. One day I almost cried in church. Because I did not attack call and some people came forward. About five people. And I said to the child, I need somebody to take care of these people. Because from here they are going to New Believer School. I don't know what is going on there. I need somebody to take care of these people. Can I get five people? Each take one, one, one. Just to take care of them. Just for about six months. To tell them the decision they have taken. To try to set them on a solid foundation. So that they can move on in Christ. I need five people. Nobody was coming. Oh, Yes. I nearly cried, Bishop Ogo. I said, this ones, I don't want to send them there. Give me five people should come and take it. Take them. There is nothing heaven about what we do. But from this conference, Bishop Ogo is teaching us about our hearts. From this conference, our hearts are changing. I said, from this conference, our hearts are changing. So when they say many are called, we need many people. Do you understand? I've been saying to my pastors that please, everybody, just take one person. Just take one individual and teach the person for six months. Nobody is my name. Just one. So at the end of the six months, you say, this person, I've taken him through this book. If you like, examine him, examine him and see. And ask the person questions to see if he understand the basis of being born again. Just one. Every year, just take one. First half, second year, second half, take one. Just one. Apart from everything else you are doing, just one, one. And you see pastors after service standing on the trees chatting. See a pastor who has left his sheep and is taking care of puppies. And he's telling me that when puppies are born, between the two, second and third week, it's very critical. I can show you the, uh, the, the, the WhatsApp. And some of them are listening to me. Pastor that I appointed. Within a year. I've not seen you for two months. Where is this pastor? He has permission to go and do something in the north. I sent him a message. Where are you? Well, I'm taking care of something. What is something? What is something? I have two bitches. You know a bitch? A female. I have two bitches who have given birth to 18 puppies. And between the third, second and third, the puppies are very delicate. So I'm taking care of them. I was there the day after I received a message from one of my senior pastors. He said this pastor called him. I'm talking about something that happened just this week. He said this pastor called him crying. He said the Lord visited him that night. I didn't say anything to him. He said the Lord visited him that night. He said you have left the sheep that Jesus died for. You are taking care of puppies. The Lord visited him that night. After I shared the WhatsApp message with the rest of the pastors. So the Lord visited him that night. He was crying. The pastor said he called him crying. 
Because puppies are more important than souls. This is a pastor trained by Ni and Jedu Ama. It's a disgrace to me that I'll train a pastor. I also used to breed dogs. I used to breed dogs. Best dogs. I gave you one. Effective, eh? Yeah. One day, one day I was saying, you know, I love my dogs so much. And I re- God realized that I love my dogs more than I should love them. So one day, you know, when I was coming from Zimbabwe to Ghana, I came with seven dogs. They flew them in aeroplane. In fact, I have to leave two behind because they were too big. Okay, they couldn't fit into the the, the, the vote for the South African so they were proposing for BA to take them for BA will fly them from Zimbabwe to UK and fly them to Accra dogs but I said are dogs are flying wow. so when a guy was taking, was taking care of dogs he said you I leave you to God I flew seven dogs aeroplane of course aeroplanes fly one day I was in my house in my, my room upstairs and the boys called me that my favorite dog was lying in the grass dying. Huge. It's a specimen. That is what it's called. A specimen. But somebody came to uh, borrow the dog. He borrow or lend, borrow the or lend or whatever. He came for the dog. And he used to take the dogs to he used to sell dogs. So he takes my dog to Cantonment's area there. And then he's holding puppies that he's selling. Puppies that don't have any relation with my dog. But when they see my dog, he tells them, these are the puppies. You buy. Long ago, I sold that dog for about 20,000 CDs. I don't know what, I, what it was at that time. It was two, about some 10, almost $5,000. I sold that. Somebody came to buy it because I decided to keep one dog. Yes, to give my way. I was up when I was told my dog was lying in the grass dying. When I came out of the corridor, I, my veranda upstairs, I saw the dog foaming downstairs. The dog said, and the Lord said to me, I'm taking too much interest in the dogs, more than me. I knelt down there and prayed. I said, God, I beg you, save my dog. When you save my dog, I will not be interested in them again. Within five minutes, this dog that was lying that down in foaming was up. God saved my dog. And since that day, my heart went out of dogs. Even my wife used to complain. Hey, when you come from where you go to the dog's face, before you come to us. I said, Lord, save my dog. My heart will go out. For security for about a month or three months ago, I had about six dogs in the house. One day I just gave all of them away. And I left three for security. And then you are telling me that you have two bitches who has given birth to 18 puppies. And the first two to three weeks, they are very critical. Meanwhile, I've been telling my pastors that when somebody gives his life to Christ, it's very critical. 
the first week we should go to their homes have i not been telling you go to their homes with a book when teach them monday up to before they come to church the following sunday go and teach them in their homes i can't get people to teach them and you have left the souls and you have two beaches and in sawam 18 puppies first two to three weeks they are very critical you have left I didn't say anything it was God himself who visited him he himself called crying he's sorry (laughs) so my brother my sister if we have lost if we lose sight of heaven you know, it makes us, we don't do what we are doing with any passion. We don't do it with any passion because, I mean, I mean, what, after all, puppies are more important. I nearly said to him, hey, do you know that God could kill all these 80 puppies one day? Do you know why I stopped breeding? Because every time my puppies get, look, I have the technique, I advise people and their dogs do well. But when I get puppies, they all die because I don't know why. <laughs> Even when I tell my wife, my heart is out of puppies, she says, oh, you are lying. I know you. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if we have our eyes, that there's people that have been committed to us, the people that, the calling that we have been called to, the call to fruitfulness, is not just to make people who come to church and be happy in church, but that we are leading the people to somewhere a place called heaven if we our eyes are not blinded to heaven we will do things differently if ye then if ye then if ye then be risen with Christ seek those things which are above. Means we should lift up our eyes. Where Christ seated on the right hand of God, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. So we are not fruitful because everything we think about is here. If it's clothing you are thinking about, how many years can you wear that clothing? If it's children you are thinking about, a few years time they have gone, they have left you. I'm telling you. Look, the ministry and Bishop Go is great though. I have two children of my own. I have thousands who call me daddy. That's a ministry. That is a ministry. All my two children are in Ghana here. I have children outside. None of my children have bought ticket for me to go on holidays before. But I have people who today, if I say I want to come here, they'll buy a ticket for me to come. If I say I want to go to US this Christmas, I know someone who can buy a ticket for me to go and holiday in the US. All because of the ministry. That's why I say seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And God says he will add all other things to our lives.
Bishop Ogo, I didn't know that the things, some of the things are here on earth. But Jesus Christ said it. Maybe I didn't pay attention. That no man who has left mother, father, brother, sister, you will not get them in this life, in the life to come. But we didn't pay attention to it. We didn't pay attention to it. But I'm telling you, it's very real. It's very real. And Jesus always had another world in view. Let me give you some examples. John 7, 33, Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while I'm with you. And then I go unto them, unto him that sent me. Who have sent you? Who is the one who is calling you? Remember the one who, is called, who has called you, you will go back to the person. And you go and give account. So Jesus Christ said, look, a little while. A little while. So the little while we are all here, my brothers, let's give it our best. Let's set our affections in trying to take the people to a better place. All the things that we see around us, they are very temporary, I'm telling you. I have learned that I'm looking for somebody sensible to give to. Yeah, somebody sensible. Because I've done it before and I can't say the person wasn't sensible. But. <laughs> really? Oh, yes. I have somebody sensible, you, you dash it. And that is the wisdom of following God. Nothing here means anything to you. I'm telling you, nothing here means anything to you. I said, nothing here means anything to you. So when we set our affections on the things here and we forget that God has called us for a bigger purpose, we miss it 100%. I mean, we miss it like 180 degrees. You have missed the points. Totally. You are lost. Because Jesus Christ set his mind on something else and not the things here. So number one, yes, you are blind. Let's move on. Give you one or two points more before we close. This afternoon, something great is coming. I said, this afternoon, something powerful is coming our way. (laughs) I can't wait. Amen? I said, I can't wait. John chapter 8, verse 14. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whence I go. But ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. (laughs) We have to think about where we are going. Because this life is very temporal. I was telling you about that vision that somebody saw where you met this woman in heaven. And so many things that have taken place on earth, including the husband marrying. It didn't register in heaven. It didn't mean anything at all in heaven. The way some of us will protect our marriage as if like it's a life and death. Doesn't matter at all. I mean, it's not something that like heaven is interested in. Look, it's, the word of God is there. Follow it and be ha- have a happy marriage. That's all. But we focus so much on it because it's like all our whole life depends on it. There are better things to focus on. Some of us, we have lived as if we didn't have children. Meanwhile, we have children taking care of other people's children. 
I was saying that I don't remember the last time that I prayed for my own children. Oh. I thank God my wife. I said, do you, are, you, do you pray, are you praying for them? Say, thank you. <laughs> no, seriously. Not because I don't want to pray for them, but the things are too many. The people that I have to pray for are too many that I have to think about to pray for them. Of course. If a son calls me, he comes home, he's going, I pray with him. Calls me, he's going to write exams. Because he believes in my prayers. And he feels he comes to give me testimony of the prayers. <laughs> but like I'm in my room fasting and praying for my children. Oh, I mean, God should forgive me. <laughs> but he's, taking care of them. he's taking care of them. Because I'm also taking, of, taking care of many people's children. God takes care of mine. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Apart from Christ, Paul also had heaven in mind. He had another world. Number two, we are barren because we are short-sighted. The first one is blindness. You are blind to hell. You are blind to heaven. The other cause of barrenness is short-sightedness. Short sightedness means that we cannot see far. And that is how come our churches are small. And that is how come we don't think that we need many people to do the work. Because I'm at the Kodesh, I have people ambassing from Pram Pram. I have people ambassing from Insawam, almost to Insawam, to the Kodesh. I said, I'm ambassing from Insawam. I'm passing from OEB. Hey. <laughs> and where else? Yes, Tema. I've gone beyond Tema to Pram Pram, so Tema there is uh, on the way. But I'm passing from almost to Kaswa to Botiano. To Kodesh. To the Kodesh. Yes, there are UD churches on the way. But you are coming to the Kodesh. They're coming to where? The Kodesh. I had a member who flees a house somewhere around here. They said they want to move to come. <laughs> I've not seen them for two, three. When I called, they said they've been coming to OEB. I said, he's my brother. <laughs> but make sure he knows you. Make sure he knows you. That notwithstanding, I still pass from this area. Because not everybody in this, if everybody in this area is coming to this church, this church will be full. Like you don't need any shepherd. They will come every Sunday, every midweek they will be coming. But there are some people who like the Kodesh. They like the, when they see the big building, they are happy. <laughs> when they see the height of the building alone, they are happy. You know, the Kodesh is the holy hill. When they see the holy hill, they are happy. Amen. I said amen. So, your church is not just 100 meters radius. Amen. I said we are not fruitful because you see, around where the Kodesh is, no new buildings are coming up there. It means that no young families are moving there. 
Everybody is building in these areas. Everybody is building far away. People are building. So I should allow people to build far away for my members to go. Nobody is building around Kodesh. It's only retirees and these things who live around. Can I depend on retirees to build my church? I have a thriving church at the University of Ghana. That's where we start from. QCC, Kodesh Campus Church. I have a church in University of KK and UST. When they are in school, I've organized them, I've given them a leader. And I'm giving them to Sister Joyce. Sister Joy, take care of them when they are in school. When they're on vacation, they come back. Amen? I cannot depend on Kodesh. I have Jerusalem. We call, uh, Jerusalem. <laughs> they say Judea. And they're what? Outermost parts. Clap for our host. You know what they say? He tell you, there's fights. Amen? Ministry is fights. You see, if you are heavyweight champion of Ghana, boxing, not heavyweight, featherweight champion, and you are fighting Bukum around these areas, who will know you? I say, who will know you? So that even if boxers if boxers could have an eye to leave Ghana and go and win West African title, to leave West Africa and go and win African title, to leave Africa and go and win world title, and you, your church, you are just thinking about one man radius. Now the poster is more anointed than you. The boxer is more anointed than you. Because the boxer has a bigger picture. If Azuma had not gone to fight with that, who would have known him? If DK Poison had not gone to fight with that, who would have known him? No one would have known him. But because he extended outside. He says, my senior brother is preaching internationally. And I've just been watching him closely. Very soon I'll also go and do Pastor's Conference internationally. If nobody even invites me, when he's going, he will go with me. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. For if these things be in you and abound, the things that we are learning, the hearts, the 50 plus one, if these things be in you and abound, and the way for the things to abound is when you go back to soak it. To lie by it. If these things be in you and abound. If these books be in you and abound. That when you don't even have time, you can be bathing and you are listening to uh, you are reading a book. You didn't hear what Bishop Ogo said. He jumps out of the shower to take notes and go back into the shower. Because something was said. So if these things be in you and abound and abound they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ 
But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see far. From today you are seeing far. I say from today you are seeing far. I say from today you are seeing far. Perhaps the greatest cause of barrenness in the church today is short-sightedness. The inability to see beyond our little community causes much of the barrenness of today's church. Like I'm saying, if I said I was going to rely on Bubuashi, North Kanishi to do my church, I'll be a very miserable person. Are you with me? Because I'm saying no new, hardly will you see young families moving to these areas. So all retirees and you know, etc, etc. And most of the retirees, their homes crowd, their children are not moving to stay there. They are rather breaking it to make it to a shop. Hairdresser saloon. And things like that. The inability to see beyond our little community causes much of the barrenness of today's church. Our eyesight does not extend to the forgotten ones, the poor ones, and the hungry souls that wait for our ministries to come to them. We only see the wealthy cities of the, this world. We can only see the we can only see the mega churches that make the offer of success and wealth, prosperity, seeking masses. These sites feed the deception that the whole world has been rich for Christ. You have to look beyond your church. Amen? You have to look beyond your church. Now, see, if I'm looking just around my church, it's a lot of work. Last two years, we were back on a project. It's a Gang Rural project. I sent seven pairs of people to go and start church in Gang Rural area. Are you kind of blue? Eh? Amaya, and Sakina, and those places. Six of them were able to start. One pair failed. At least we have six churches in the places. Amen? Yeah. And I'm looking forward to sending another set to that same area. Possibly even build a church in that area. God, there are human beings there. Young people cannot buy land in Accra. Are you with me? And I'll be sitting at the Kodesh and crying. These days, young people, they are all moving. All my members have moved. They are staying in Adenta. They are staying in East Legon. And no, 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 no. Number three. Barren because you have forgotten. He said, but he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and had forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. He says, much, most of the church has forgotten how it came into existence. And most of us have forgotten how we became Christians. I mean, I have some seniors in school, if they see me today, they say, hey, not you are a a pastor bad boy like you (laughs) because they knew how they struggled to settle me in the scripture union dodging them always today I'm a pastor today I'm a pastor 
Why should I forget? Why should I forget that on daily basis I was being taught the word of God? Because I was in a boarding school. Why should I forget that? That it wasn't just week by week. And that's what I'm telling my pastors. When somebody gives his life to Christ, eh, the first two and three weeks is, they are very important. Not only dogs. Not only puppies. Sheep also. When they give their life to Christ, it's very important. Because you see, that, that's why most people who give their life to Christ, nothing smells, nothing Christianity smells around them. Because you just spend two hours with a person in church. And multiply the rest of the, How many hours are there in a week? Somebody should multiply for me. Hours in a week. 24 times what? 168. 168 hours in a week. And we spend two hours with them in church. And even that they come late. Eh? And we preach for 45 minutes. And they preach for 45 minutes. They don't hear anything. How can such a person change? How can such a person change? Cast your mind into your own life. I am casting my mind into my own life. And I'm just recollecting how the seniors were on me. They were on me. On me. On me. Every day. You go for holidays. By the time you come back, you are backsliding. Then they catch you again. You go for long back. By the time you come, you are backsliding. Then they catch you again. Holidays, they are chasing you to try to take you to a fellowship near your house. All through this, took the grace of God for one to be standing here today. And how and why should I think that somebody will come to church for less than, you see, the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your hearts and his courts with praise. A lot of our members don't enter into God's presence when they come to church. Because most of them are not there doing the prayer and the praise and worship. So it means that the person comes to sit there, but he has not entered his gates. He has not entered his courts. Are you hearing me? Most of them, by the time they come, we are taking the offering to preach. Some of most of them even come when you have started preaching. 10 minutes, 15 minutes into the preaching, that's when they come. So though the person sits there for the rest of the service, he has not entered his gates. He has not entered his courts. It's in his gates and it's in his courts. That is where you are in the presence of God and that is where your life is affected. In his courts. In his courts. In his courts. That is where your life is affected. And most lives are not being affected because though the person is sitting there physically, he has not entered anywhere. He has not entered anywhere. Many are called. 50 plus 1. We need somebody who after church will hold this boy's hand and take him and sit somewhere and teach him something. That's what we need. We need somebody who Monday will go to the person's house after he has come from school. Just spend 30 minutes with him and teach him something. We need somebody who will go there on Tuesday who will make this person his friend. Who will bring him up. Yes. As you are doing, you are also being changed. You are being transformed. You are being changed. But whatever you are teaching, you are also learning it. Because I'm saying most of the people who come to our church, they never enter God's presence. They never enter. And then we waste money to bust them. 
One day I did a survey a year ago about lateness to church. And it was amazing. Somebody was passing from Isawam. Are you listening? He was arriving with his bus 15 minutes before the first service from Isawam. Somebody was passing from North Kanishi into second service. Was arriving 45 minutes after the service had started. Are you sure the same thing? No, 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 it's just. Mm. Mm. It's a disease in the church. And that is why we need many people with a good head. Are you with me? I say, are you with me? We need many people whose hearts have been changed to even organize people to come. I'm saying from almost in Sawam, somewhere there. Eh? Is it Amasama they were coming from? Yes, Amasama to Kodesh. First service is at 7 and they were coming 15 minutes before service starts. Second service is at 10. And we're coming 45 minutes from washing. Even if you start walking from <laughs> from Bubuashi, and we're arriving 45 minutes after the service has started. That's why we are friends. The <laughs> best of the same father. They fly about. <laughs> That's why we need many people. Amen. We need many people, I'm telling you. The work is numerous. What Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 9, that when he saw the multitudes, the Bible said he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because they were fainted and they were like sheep without a shepherd. Then he turned to his disciples. He said, pray ye to the Lord of the harvest and may send forth laborers into the harvest. That story is still there today. The same thing. And you say you don't need many people to work with. And I'm standing three days to convince you that many are called. That I'm giving you formula. That many means majority. And majority is 50 plus 1. Men and brethren. We need God to touch our hearts. And the hearts of the people that we are leading. God's like Bishop Ogo is saying, I mean, it doesn't take, I mean, you could see clearly the person bringing the people from Amasama. You could see he has a different heart. <laughs> he has a different heart. That is coming for first service at service, arriving 15 minutes before time. And the one in Bubuashi, which will take 15 minutes to walk to the church, comes 45 minutes after, not the first service, so second service. Oh, I mean, I did the survey myself. I took the data myself and did it. We even started something in church where we, when, when you come 
before church of start of service, you are given a green card. And then those who come, I think 30 minutes after, they are giving yellow. Those who come after that, they are giving red. Then after service, we gather all of them. Green, yellow, red. Then we deal with those who are <laughs> having the red. What have we not done? I could see the heart. The heart of man. Because no amount of dealings. It's the heart. The heart has not changed. Thank you for the message you are preaching to us. Thank you. Thank you. So we shouldn't forget the effort that it took for us to reach where we have reached. And it's the same thing that we have to apply to the people that are under us. Amen. If you want to have fruits after your kind, and the same thing that was applied to you, for, which has made you what you are today, the same thing you have to apply to others who have to become like you. Because the same method will produce the same results. But if we do something different, something less, we will get a lesser results. But you need a result like you. That's why Jesus Christ was working with disciples for all this time. If the Son of God worked with this guy for three and a half years, and on the last day they denied him, how much more those that we only see once in a while? My pastors, we should press on. We shouldn't forget. We should press on. Amen? So, forgetting makes us unfruitful. Hallelujah. Let me just talk about the last thing, and then I will close. Obstacles to bearing fruits. You must overcome spiritual sickness in order to bear fruit. So when you are sick, you cannot bear fruit. You must overcome spiritual sickness. When people marry and they are not giving birth, the first check, like I check, I, I, I can check how many times you have sex. Then after that, then they begin to go into other things which may be the possible causes but obstacles that bear fruit. We are saying number one, spiritual sickness. The reason why some Christians do not bear fruit is because they are not healthy. So if you are not bearing fruit, it means that you are not healthy as a Christian yourself. Are you with me? Yes. The reason you are not bearing fruit or you are not running a fruitful ministry but you yourself, you are not well. And so even this conference is like a hospital that we have come to. We have come to receive spiritual medicine to make us well. Hallelujah. Number two, you must overcome the cares of this world in order to bear fruits. Mark chapter 14 verse 19. See, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the last of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful so even as you're in a conference like this your mind is hovering around other things your mind is moving somewhere some business move that you have made <laughs> your mind is moving on some business moves you see if you are I was a lay pastor for years before I became into full-time ministry. And as a lay pastor, I saw my work in the ministry as even more important. I'm telling you, not that I'm standing here today, that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. 
I saw my work as more important than the work that was paying me. Do you understand? In Zimbabwe, I went through some serious challenges and somebody told me it was a prophet a prophetess who is also like an, a consultant she said to me I hear you have come to plant a seed here she said that is why you are going through what you are going through I hear you have come to plant a seed because I took my, the instructions from my prophet very serious to go and start a church I took it very very seriously very seriously I'm telling you and there were many things that were kind of hindering my, 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 my the time that I had for the ministry I had to stop I was doing MBA I had to stop last year I said Lord I know I'm not I will not do it again not by force wow. oh yeah I stopped I attempted the first time I was transferred from Obuasi to Takradi to stop HR said I cannot stop moving from Takradi to Accra, I said, look, this thing, they say I cannot stop. Now, when they transfer me to Zimbabwe, I said, this is the final one. I'm, I'm not interested. If I have MBA, MBA today, what will I be doing with it? Quitting like a man. I quit said the MBA like a man. <laughs> I had to stop. I'm not saying quit your MBA. That's up to you. I'm not saying, I'm just telling you, <laughs> I'm just telling you that it was the ministry work was more important to me. Do you understand? And the MBA, I don't think that it was adding anything to my life at all. I can run this country if you give me the chance. But I'm not interested. God, <laughs> it's a lower work. It's a lower job. And you'd be amazed that one of our my, my chief executive. My chief executive, somebody I respect a lot, I said, Sam Jonah. One day we were all in a meeting, and some of my colleagues were asking questions. Oh, so chief, I mean, can you get us ministerial appointment or so? So, yes, it's possible. So, but let me tell you something. What you are doing now, eh? What you are asking me to do, you ask me to lower you. Yes. Yes. It's one of the best leadership material in this country, if not Africa. And that's why it's also able to identify somebody who is a leader. He said, The thing you are asking me to do, you are lowering yourself. So if I could leave that one and come and do this important one, I'm saying to you that what I'm doing now. Eh? what I'm doing now compared to that is a lowered something the ministry is very very important it's the only thing that God is doing now amen I say it's the only thing that God is doing so if you are doing something that God is doing don't you count yourself a privilege that you are very privileged amen and don't look down on it don't trivialize it don't treat it small for anything because it is very, very important. Don't care for this world. God will take, take care of you. Amen. You must overcome the decision of riches in order to bear fruit. Number three, you must overcome the lust and pleasures in life 
in order to bear fruit. All these things choke fruitfulness. Cares for this world. Instead of caring for the sheep, you are caring for some other things. Caring for dogs. Puppies. 18 puppies. With two bitches. I was in Zimbabwe when my house in Ghana was built. And Bishop himself personally built my house for me. He personally. Yes. He personally was the building of my house. I was far away in Zimbabwe. And he personally oversaw the building of my house. That's how God takes care of us. And he leads us by example. You must overcome distractions in order to bear fruit. There are so many things that take our attention. And brother myself, we have to be focused. Amen? Because the call to ministry is a call to fruitfulness. And these things all choke us. Next, you must overcome the tendency to be unstable in order to bear fruit. First Corinthians 15, 18, 58. Be steadfast, unmovable. Not sometimes, but always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye you know, your labor is not in vain. So you must be focused. Amen? I'm always thinking about ministry. Always. At times when I'm praying, so now when I'm praying, I put my phone, I, the data, I put the data things off. Then when the vision, revelation comes, and I type it. Revelation comes, I type it. Revelation comes, I type it. Maybe something that this one has to do. So when I finish praying, I release it. There's work for a lot of people. <laughs> I don't want to type and then you reply me when I'm praying. No. So the data is off. Then WhatsApp type. This one, this, this group, this person, this. Because when you are praying, you are thinking about it. The, the ideas just come. The Holy Spirit just drops things. I'm telling you, it just drops things. It just drops things. When I finish, I put on my phone. There's so much work. Because most of my top guys are also lay pastors. They've gone to their businesses and go to their work. But I've given them work in their work. And by the grace of God, they all do the work that I've given them. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Clap for my lay pastors. Finally, you must overcome inactivity in order to bear fruit. So these are things that we must overcome. Inactivity. What activities are there in your church now? There has to be activity in the church. As we are standing here, between now and Christmas, I don't know if we even know whether I will will live as a human being or a spirit moving about. But there are so many things to do. So many things to do. And every program that we organize, I always ask the people, where is the soul winning in the program? Where is the fruitfulness in the program? Where is the soul winning in the program? Men and brethren, our call is to fruitfulness. And the many people who are called, who God has given to us, who we have to raise up, we are raising them up together to work with us for this fruitfulness. We must be very focused in order to achieve the call that is upon us. God bless you. Rise on your feet.
Lift your hands and pray. Just say, Lord, I want to be like Jesus. Lord, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. Yes. I want to be like Jesus. 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 Jesus was very focused. He was very determined. He didn't allow the distractions to disturb him. Peter could not suggest to him that he couldn't go to the cross. His parents could not suggest to him that he was he has to come home and be with his parents. He was very focused. He was very focused. Pray that God will give you a heart like Jesus. A heart like Jesus. A heart like Jesus. Can you sing that song? Heart like yours. Heart like yours. As we sing it, just pray that God will give you a heart like Jesus. A heart like yours. It's all I'm searching for. Full of compassion. Nothing wrong with it. Please give me, Lord. Give me a heart like yours. A heart like yours. A heart like yours. It's my desire. A heart like yours. It's all I'm searching for. Full of compassion. Nothing wrong with it. Please hear me, Lord. Give me a heart like yours. Father, give us a heart like yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's clap our hands and receive Bishop Ogo. I'm happy you know what to do already. I'm happy you know what to do already. Let's appreciate this gift of God. It's a gift. It's look, it's a privilege to just sit down and hear such a pastor talking. You can live for 100 years and not hear such a pastor. Yeah. Because there are not many of them around. There are not many of them. Most pastors don't know which hand is left and right. They don't know they are left from their right. confused what they call ministry is a joke we are all privileged to hear him and he has a right to preach because like Jesus you do before you teach Acts 1 1. Ministry is not for talkers. Talkers. 
It's a beautiful conference. I will advise you go to my podcast the messages will be there listen and listen again you can't continue like this you can't but some of you if you do God will kill you I'm telling you you don't know God you don't know him it's a terrible thing to fall into his hands he anoints you First of all, he calls you, appoints you, anoints you as a pastor. And you are not interested in the knowledge you need to carry out your assignments. He can kill you. The Bible says, the Lord killeth and the Lord maketh alive. He only heals he only heals and raises the dead. He killed. One of his works is to kill. I believe this conference is giving a lot of us another chance to turn around. It's a chance. It's given you and I a chance to get it right. I've learned so many things this afternoon. It's like I've received an injection. And I have some energy now. Or I've drank something. Because there's nothing like doing something with your energy. And the very people to help you are the ones wearing you out. So when you meet someone like this, say, oh, really? Oh, then I must continue. Let's continue. I'm not doing badly at all. Oh, no, this is the work. Oh. People made me feel I was doing things too much. Remember I said yesterday or two days, two days. Everybody has got evil and good in him. The one you join will stir up what he is in you. Everybody is saintly and at the same time sexy I said everybody is saintly and at the same time sexy so if you join yourself to a saintly person he will stir up the saintliness in you you are and good. Everybody, I, I am badder. 
Everybody has, it's called the contradictions of men. So we go near the things, the people, the places that stir up what we want out of us. You can read the book that will stir up ministry in you. You can also read the book that will stir up sexiness in you. Everybody singing, preaching, outreaching, building churches, having crusades. Every, that man as he's standing there, he's a sexy man. Very sexy man. But based on who he goes near, that's why I, I was yesterday. I told you that every rich man is poor. Also, anybody you know who has money also has got poverty. But some people, their poverty will never come. A little sleep. I'm happy we have the chance to be near such a man. Is he not stirring ministry in you? A wicked man like you. Now you are we want to be we want to do the ministry well. So there's no one you can't say somebody is bad or somebody is good. Everybody is bad. Everybody is good. Rather you say, Oh, this person has joined himself to a bad person. Who has stirred up the evil in him? The next time you hear of out of shepherding and you don't come and I find you. Ministry is both very difficult and very easy. Depending on the environment you find yourself in. I'm telling you that this afternoon session, what you have just had this morning, whatever, has resurrected deadness in me. I didn't know I was dead. Yes, I've been killed by my pastors. But life has come. You are working, it's like you are doing something too much. Someone is bursting from Pram Pram to Kodesh. We are going to have buses from the Volta region coming here today. It's the main road. It's the main road from You watch. Buses will leave on Saturday evening and come on Sunday. After all, don't people travel to go and work every week? Hello? They travel to work. They come to Accra, but they, they are working the western region. I'm feeling something. I'm feeling something. It's, it's wonderful to me how God prepares such people. And they exist. So when you stumble upon them, 
you've met somebody. It's a type of person. I'll treat him very well. It's worth having in your life. If you know you are not a pastor, just in your normal life, it's worth having in your life. Because many of us here are dead bodies. Dead ministries, dead anointings, dead strength, dead zeal, dead energy, dead vision, nothing. What, what is left of a lot of us here is just the title you, are, you, are, you have and what people know you to be. There's nothing else left. But the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Maloli mandamina laba. Mele bostu miniaka sondalaba. Can you clap your hands and let's appreciate this man? Bishop Niajedi, God bless you. May you live long and keep working. The pastors who are under him are blessed. My wife is under him. She's blessed. Abba. She's blessed. Every pastor under him is blessed. And I'm sure they don't also see him. I'm sure they are insulting him in this church. I'm very sure they are insulting him. Always. I have to step out of my environment. When I am out of my environment, you see, I'm some, I didn't know I was a man of God. <laughs> it's the same. They will stone you, they will kill you, they will insult you, discuss you. I tell you, by the time you take a Bible to you, you are finished. That there's no energy in you to continue. Can you lift your hands and thank God for resurrecting some fire in you? Jesus. Resurrecting some fire in you. Oh, please lift your hands and thank you, Lord. Thank him. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus. For stirring us. Mashallah, a new desire. Anybody who brought a pastor to this conference, God bless you. Anybody who has spent money on a pastor here, may that money change to life and health and blessings into your life. God bless you. Lift your hands and thank God. This is how we must spend our money. This is how we must spend our, our time, our money. As pastors, we look. This conference, uh, we shouldn't have it once a year. This conference, we should have it at least three times a year. We should all be able to come together here and just inject ourselves. Because the devils are too many. Not just in the world, but in your church. They are there. And when a pastor wears white, white, it means they have a lot of witches in his church. Fighting witches. I don't think this must be a one say here. Yeah. I'll speak to Bishop Kobe and see. I don't think this should be. We should be able to meet here again in March and then in November. That's all. I mean, what else are you doing with your life? 
I said, what else are you doing with your life? Are you not a pastor? Some hope has entered me. It's, it's, I can't even believe it. It's like I've sniffed something or some. I feel fresh. The pastors in this church, if they are here, announcement ministry has now started. We are now going to do the ministry. And when I see your face and I don't like the way your face looks, I'll remove you directly. <laughs> because people are, people are working. So don't know what his church is a beautiful church. Fat. This man's standing here. Fat church. Services. Money. I said the British High Commissioner was in his church last Sunday. If he, DC hasn't come to your church. DC hasn't come to church. Assembly man. Aspirant. <laughs> ah, talking. Noise making. Criticizing talking about things you don't understand you've allowed evil spirits to feel you shakai <laughs> I feel that I am now going to be a pastor oh yes and I've been a pastor for a long time oh I'm very happy that I invited this man here He, he, he carries what I need I, I hope you also need something from him I hope you also like him yeah. Me, I like such things I like such things Because I'm a pastor I was a student And I was a pastor I was a worker And a pastor And I am a pastor And a pastor it's inside my DNA. That's why my, my prayer for you is that as a nurse, a day will come, you'll be known more as a lady pastor or as a pastor than as a nurse. You'll be known more as, an, as a pastor than as an architect. You are a top engineer. They should know you as a pastor. They should see posters of you Holding crutches to healing miracles. Not a pastor who's coming. Always you have a small Bible and you teach John 3 16, Acts 1 8. Some neat. Your verses are too neat. You must use buga buga verses like quitty, like men, and this type of Ezekiel preaching. Yeah. I'm surprised that I'm the only one who is excited here. I'm very surprised that I'm the only one who is excited here.
And many of you haven't tried. A grown-up like you, you've come to stand here at this conference, only you. Your wife is coming this evening. And all your leaders are in, are in town. Should a grown-up behave like this? A grown-up. Where are your leaders? Please ask the people, where are they? Why are you here alone? Why? How great do you think you are to come and stand here as a grown-up alone? Beautiful. Why do you think you are wearing white, white? Is there anybody who has come to stand here alone? Maybe you are here to mark register or whatever, but you are not a very serious person. Or you believe in yourself too much. Yes. If you can't stand here alone, it means that you see yourself in a certain way. Too much. That's not a conference you come and stand here alone. If anybody should come, even your, 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 your leaders should be here and you are even at home. We prefer it. So they can catch up with you. Because as you've come here, they honestly, you have left them crap. You are now going to explain these messages with diagrams to them. And how can you do that? How can you do that? So I'm just saying that next time you are attending the meeting, go with people. Jesus went with people. My pastor, he goes with people. I was in Zambia, Zimbabwe. I flew with people. Abba. And so, man. Ministry is nice. It's nice. Or it can be nice. Don't you feel happy? We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30 p.m. on Saturdays, as well as 7.30 a.m. and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ago on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.